Anybody think anything's going to happen here tonight? Yes, sir. How many aren't sure? You wouldn't admit it, huh? Nobody thinks that, that you're going to go out of here just the way you came in tonight, do you? If you think I'm trying to stir you up, I am. Say this with me, would you? Let your heart agree with it. Say, I won't leave here like I came in Jesus' name. Say it again. We're going to say that two, two or three or five times. I won't leave here like I came in Jesus' name. Some of you hadn't said it yet. Come on. I won't leave here like I came in Jesus' name. That gets me so happy. Do you know with God, now listen to me, open your heart up real wide to hear, okay? Because we are not just killing time up here, okay? There's other things I have to do on Friday nights. How about you? Um, do you know that with God, you get what you expect? How many remember the story in Acts chapter 3? This is, I haven't gotten, forgotten about John 5. I just can't get there yet. How many remember the story in Acts 3 about where Peter and John were walking up to the temple and there was a gate, the beautiful gate. And there was a man sitting there who had been lame in his feet, crippled in his feet for like 40 years or something. Never had walked. And he was sitting there begging for money. And Peter and John were going by. They didn't happen to have their money on them. Or, or like one person said, we're in between blessings. <laughs> Maybe they just didn't have any at the time. Peter had a good fishing business. And I think John was part of it. But anyhow, that's not that's irrelevant. Um, they were walking by and Peter and John, so they said, oh, hang up. Hang, hang on, John. Hang on, John. The Lord wants to do something here. And he turned around and they told the guy, they said, look on us. And it says the guy looked on him expecting to receive something. How many ever read that? You might have skipped over that little part. Well, he might have been expecting to receive money, but he was expecting to receive and Peter said, listen, we don't have silver and gold for you right now, but such as we have, we give to you in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. And the man leaped and walked. Amen. True story, everyone. True story. That happened. How many of the people that blesses you? Never had walked in his life. I don't know about you. My kids took a little while to learn how to walk. This man leaped and walked. And it says later he was he was hugging Peter and John. I imagine, you know, you don't have any muscle there. I've never used it. He probably was hanging on. <laughs> Bless God. He expected to receive. Did he did he go away disappointed? No. Well, I've been to so many services and just never, uh, never did get any results. You know what that means? That you went to a lot of services and didn't get results. That means nothing concerning tonight. <laughs> Amen. Are you happy? Yes. <laughs> Glory to God. Did you find John chapter five yet? Yes. Listen, let me tell you something about God, too. I, we are going to get to John chapter five. God's not weird. Amen. We had a lady named Annie Durant here for this last service and and she quoted the scripture. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And she made mention of the fact that a lot of people believe that, that, you know, they don't quote it like that, but they really believe, taste and see that the Lord is weird. You know, is what they, God is not weird. I won't ask for a show of hands, but, I, but a lot of times people that come to services, it's a healing service. Oh God, they get scared. Do you know there's nothing to be scared of with God? Uh, in fact, he left the Holy Spirit here on earth and the Holy Spirit one of the names, in fact, the main name used in the Bible to describe him is comforter. Do you have a comforter on your bed? Hmm? Is it made of steel pins? No, it's comfortable. And listen, that is so much. You get around the things of God. And I, I'm telling you right now, by, by the word of the Lord, healing is here tonight. People are going to be ministered to tonight in a big, big way. But I'm telling you, he is not weird. Some things, if you've never seen them before, they may, they may, you know, make your mind tilt like a pinball machine. But don't worry about that. I'm telling you, God is so good. Right. And he'll just while we're preaching, while we're teaching, he'll get in the chair with you in your chair, in your chair. And he'll start working in your body. 
Amen. He'll drive out sickness. He'll drive out problems that have been there for years. Yes, he will. His presence will do that. Amen. But you got to be open. You got to expect that. If you're expecting, I'm going to, I'm not going to get anything, but I'm coming anyhow because they're making me come. Well, <laughs> you should have seen what was that blockbuster or something. <laughs> open your heart real, real big. In John, fifth chapter. Talking about Jesus, it said sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for a feast of the Jews. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. Now if you're reading out of the NIV, how many people are reading out of the New International Version? Okay, about half of you. You notice we just read verse 3, and what does it go right to? Verse 5. How many notice that? There's no verse 4? Well, those ding-dongs left it out. <laughs> they, thought that the, they thought that the manuscript wasn't reliable for verse 4 or something, so they decided just to yank it out. But it goes on and picks up the story that doesn't give you the first part of it. So the rest of it was okay, but it leaves you hanging right in the middle. So I'm going to read verse four from the King James, okay? Um, talked about the, the, these five porches and it said, In these laid a great multitude of impotent or paralyzed folk, the blind, the halt, the withered, waiting for the moving of the water. They were waiting for something, weren't they? Verse four says, for an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and stirred up the water. And then whoever was the first one after the water was stirred up, stepped in. He was made whole of whatever disease he had. That's cool. Now, verse five says, I think I can go back to the NIV. I think they left the rest in there, I hope. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. Wow, that's a long time. It's a long time to be suffering anything, isn't it? Yes. It is. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him a question. Now look at this question that Jesus asked him. Look at your Bible. He asked him, do you want to get well? King James says, will you be made whole? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. See, he's laying there. This angel comes down, stirs up the water. And then the first person in gets healed. Well, this guy's crippled and paralyzed. Slow mover, you know. So like one preacher said, the guy with the foot fungus comes running right by him and the headache and gets in, you know, and takes it. How not right is that? And so Jesus asked him, do you want to get well? I think that's the most interesting question. Probably one of the most interesting questions in the Bible. Why would Jesus ask him? I mean, don't you think, duh, Jesus, I'm sitting here at the healing center. Why are you asking me, do you want to get well? No, no, I'm just sitting here because I like it here. These porches are nice. <laughs> right? You wonder. Well, listen, how many know Jesus doesn't just ask stupid questions? He's got a good reason for asking that. I'll, re I'll read the rest of the story lest I get off and never finish it. Um, Jesus said to him, get up. Pick up your mat and walk. At once, the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. What happened to that man, everybody? He was healed after 38 years of suffering. He was healed. Exciting, isn't it? Is the Bible true or is it just a storybook? 
It's good for Sunday school, but not for real life, right? No, it is the word of God. Do you know if there's one lie? If there's one lie. Do you hear what I said? If there's one lie in the Bible, we need to toss the whole thing in the trash. Because, I mean, Jesus, Jesus said, Father, your word is truth. Well, if there's one lie, then his word isn't all truth. It says every scripture is pure. Every scripture is true. Well, if there's one lie in it, if there's one unreliable part in it, we ought to get all the Bibles in the earth, get them all and burn them all. Like I say sometimes, turn this place back into what it was before. It was a church, a beer store. Amen. They sold wine. We give away new wine. Free. Amen. So uh, let's let's look at this question, though. You know, I'll say this. Uh, the, the moving of the water, that's strange in itself, isn't it? That the water gets stirred up once a year by an angel. Once a year or once every season, whenever the season was. Well, anytime the Bible talks about water in the New Testament, so much of the time it's symbolic of the person and the work of the Spirit of God. And do you know that the Spirit of God does move? Hmm? And there are times where, I mean, I've seen this before, where we're in a service and all of a sudden out of nowhere, um, I've been, I'm thinking of one service right now I was in, the man was preaching on money and all of a sudden he starts ministering to people by the word of knowledge about healing and they got healed. Well, the man didn't initiate that. Service wasn't even a healing service. What happened? The water got stirred, so to speak. And so God will do things. But do you know that Jesus came to where, to where we don't have to wait for the water to get stirred up? How many are listening, receiving something? Maybe you're just thinking. That's why your some expressions are blank. The water can get stirred up. The Spirit of God does move in sometimes spectacular ways, like, like that example I talked about. I, I, I used to travel for seven years with a gentleman named Kenneth Hagen. And uh, if you don't know anything about his story, we have some books back there in our bookstore that, you, that, that tell about it. He was born dead. Born dead. Uh, they delivered him. This is back in 1918, I believe. I think he was born in 1918 or 1917, but how many will forgive me if I'm wrong? Off a year. One of those years. And the, the doctor delivered him, pronounced him dead. Said, no, just bury him. So uh, his grandmother was there who was a nurse. She was helping, delivered him. She took him in one arm and a shovel in the other arm to took, take him out to the backyard to bury him. As she started to dig, he twitched. So she brought him back inside, cleaned him up. But uh, he actually died, left his body three times. But the, the make a long story short, God healed him. But anyhow, what I was saying is in his meetings, we've seen th some things happen that are just like the waters got stirred, you know. And there was one meeting in Philadelphia in particular, two or three people got up out of wheelchairs. He just by the word of the Lord came to him and he pointed to him and said, in Jesus name, rise up and walk. And they did. But there were four or five other people still in the chairs. Well, the word of the Lord came for those two. And he can't make it happen. He just obey God. But Jesus provided a way for everybody to be able to receive healing. Amen. Amen. Did you hear me? Jesus provided a way for everybody to receive healing. You don't have to wait for the waters to get stirred. Thank God they do sometimes. Do you know there's some people they won't receive any other way? And so we need the best of both. Are you following me? So here in John 5, Jesus asked this question, and this is what I want to talk about for, for our time here tonight. Jesus said to this man, will you? Everybody say, will you? Will you? Do you know that that's the very question that most people are asking the Lord? Lord, will you? But what did Jesus ask? Will you? How many have ever asked the Lord, will you? 
Jesus asked the man, will you? I'm sure that guy had thought, wonder if the Lord will ever heal me. So why did Jesus ask, will you? Well, who was it up to anyhow? Who makes the decision? Is it us? Is it the Lord? Most people believe. Don't most people think it's all up to God? But, uh, but according to this, can you see where maybe that's not the case? It's okay to smile, people. Real interesting. Do you know that the will of God, in other words, does God want me healed? Does God want me well? That is the main thing that people struggle with. Why don't you turn over to Matthew, the eighth chapter? Guess where the answers are if you have a question. In the Bible. So what is it? Is it, is it, will you God or is it, will we? Let's find this out here. I like a good detective show where you have to find out the mystery. We used to watch Perry Mason. How many don't know what I'm talking about? You've never seen Perry Mason? You always watch him. Della Street and Paul. What's Paul's last name? Uh, nobody knows. It's a secret. Matthew chapter 8. When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. And a man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. So he, he, he said, Lord, I know you can, but, but what's the question here, everyone? Will you do it? How many know that God can? Most Christians believe that. Do you believe that God can take care of a, of a problem in your body? Who made your body? God. Figure he has any spare parts. Listen, I know of stories, lots of them. Are you hearing me? Lots of them of ladies that have even had hysterectomies. Is that where they take your reproductive parts out? Thank you. <laughs> I check with the nurse. <laughs> I know of stories like that where God stuck them back in when he healed them. Amen. He's got spares. Is a tumor too hard for God? Do you know that if you listen to everybody, if you get the life of God, if you get the, the, the spirit of God in contact with a tumor, it will absolutely disintegrate it. It will burn the daylights out of it. What about problems in your blood? You get the life of God flowing in there alongside your blood. It'll correct it. Can God do it? Not even an issue. Not even a problem. And that wasn't, with, that wasn't the problem with this guy. He said, Lord, I know you can, but will you? Well, let's go on reading. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man and said, I will. Amen. Period. Jesus said, I will. He didn't say, well, you know, that's a good question. I need to check. <laughs> let me get with the Lord for a couple of days. Let me fast. Let me pray. And let me see what he says about it. Matter of fact, everybody, did Jesus ever do that? Now, he did fast and pray. That's not what I'm saying. Did he ever, when somebody came to him for healing, did he ever say, I got to check? Hang on. Did, he, did anybody ever come to him for healing and believe in him? And Jesus said, I'm sorry, for some unknown reason, the father has chosen not to. For his ways are mysterious and beyond our ways. And we just have to trust in his sovereignty. Did Jesus ever say that? I'll tell you what he did say. I will be clean. Immediately he was cured of his leprosy. Then Jesus said to him, see that you don't tell anyone. Now there was a reason for that. That's, that's another day. 
You keep coming. <laughs> but go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Well, wonder what else is in the Bible. Let's just keep reading. See if there's anything else good in here. How long do you have to read in the Bible before you find healing? Not long in this chapter. Verse 5 says, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion, that's this is a Roman soldier. These are big guys. Came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed in terrible suffering. Jesus said to him, I will <laughs> go and heal him. Listen, it looks to me, I mean, I'm just, I try and, you know, use a little bit of common sense along the way. Looks to me like Jesus had this figured out long before. Hmm? Looks like he already knew it was his will. Amen. But of course, all that changed, you know, when Jesus left earth and went to heaven. When the last apostle died, how many heard this? Come on, when the last apostle died, that was the end of the healing ministry, right? Huh? Isn't that verse in there? It's not, but a lot of people preach it. You ever heard it preached? I've sat next to people on a TV show and they preached it. I want to reach over and vomit in his water. <laughs> I didn't. I sat there and smiled. Didn't even answer the question. Give me the next question. <laughs> because I'm telling you, I mean, these things, those kind of teachings cost people their life on a routine basis. Cause people to give up. Cause people to just say, okay, Lord, I accept this as your will. Amen. What did Jesus and that centurion's servant, by the way, we're not going to read it all, but he did get healed. Amen. Amen. Praise God. And then there's other folks that say, well, that was just for that guy in the Bible. If it wasn't for us, he shouldn't have put it in there. You do realize, don't you, that not everything that Jesus did made it into the word. You ever read in the end of John's gospel? He said, Jesus did so many other things that I, I bet you uh, that the, if everything was written down that Jesus did, the whole world couldn't contain the books. Now today, you know, with electronic books, we, should, we could contain it. <laughs> How many would like to watch some videos when we get to heaven of the rest of it all? Somehow or another, I don't have a bit of scripture for it. Well, I do have a little bit of scripture for it, but I'm not going to share it. But somehow or another, I believe we will get to see reruns of what happened, how things came to pass, why some things didn't come to pass for some in the word. Praise God. Um, when, when people pray about their sickness, have, have you ever being afflicted in your body and you decide you were going to pray about it. And they say, Lord or Father, I ask you to heal me. Amen. The way they're going to find out if they got it or not is do the obvious. Wait and see. If it's the Lord's will, the sickness will go away. If the sickness doesn't go away, what does that mean? It must not be his will. But what did Jesus say? I will. He said it two times in the same chapter, didn't he? Why don't you point yourself and say, he wants me well. I'd like you to turn to Mark. We, we've been in Matthew. We've been in John. Mark's the next gospel over. Go to Mark chapter 11. Do you know that's, a, that's an incorrect way to pray, just to pray about it and say, okay, I'll wait and see. And if, if I get it, if I feel it, then I know it was his will. If I don't feel it, I'll know that it wasn't his will. And for some unknown reason, he said no. How many have heard this preached? God answers prayer several different ways. Sometimes he says yes. Sometimes he says no. Sometimes he says, wait a while. Come on, how many have ever heard that? How many keep your hands up and say, I used to believe that? Do you know that is a, that is a crock? That's baloney. Listen to me now. 
Listen to me. If God said, I will do such and such, if you do such and such, he has bound himself to his word. He has no right to change it. He can't change it. He said, I'm the Lord. I change not. If he said, it's my will for you to have this. And then you say, thank you, Lord, for it. He can't say no. Smile, everybody. Come on. When you get excited about it is when it works for you. Sit there like a bump on the log. Let it all run off of you. Um, it, you know, you, it won't work for you. Receive it. And I realize this is new for some. But at any rate, no, 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 no. That's not how we pray. And, and then here again, a lot of people have taught, well, you need to pray if it be thy will. I have a Bible, the one I normally study out of at home. And uh, I don't remember what chapter it was, but there was a big note at the bottom of the page. It was about healing. And it said all Christians when praying about sickness should use the phrase, if it be thy will, because you never know if it's his will or not. And so you just got to leave it up to him. You know what I did? I took me a big pen and I X'd that thing. The rest of the Bible's good, but that's baloney. Now, I didn't cross out scripture. You understand? I crossed out this man's commentary. I don't want my eyes to read it. Amen. Why are you so serious about Because it matters. Amen. Because it can be the, the difference between dying and living. Well, you might say, well, pastor, I'm not about to die. You know what? A lot of sickness will kill you if a lot's bad, a little's bad. Yes. Yes. Learn to resist the little stuff. Amen. Some folks think, oh, well, I'll get into it when I get really attacked. That's like saying, you know, I'm, I'm going to build a house. Let's wait for a hurricane, you know, just so I'm really challenged. No, that's a good way to die, everyone. Did you find Mark 11? Well, how do you pray? If you're not supposed to pray, if it be thy will. Well, I thought Jesus prayed that way. He prayed that way one time concerning his destiny, concerning the plan of God for his life. And do you know what? When you pray for the, about the plan of God for your life, and you ought to, by the way, it'll help you fulfill it. He does have a plan for you. He's got a specific set of uh, things for you, a good path for you to be on. And there's good things on that path. Amen. But you got to discover it. And in those times, that's when you pray, Lord, I'll do this. I sense you want me to. If it's your will. Hmm? But concerning things that he said, it's my will. I don't have to pray if it be thy will. Do you know what the New Testament is? How many know the word testament? Last, what? Will and testament. The word of God is the will of God. What is God's will for me? How do I know what he wants? Look in the word, you'll find out. Do you know, uh, you only know, have to know two things to get healed. Has he ever done it? And if he has, we know he's the same yesterday, today and forever. And then number two, you need to know that he's uh, the Bible says he's not a respecter of persons. In other words, he loves us all the same. If he's done it for one, he'll do it for another. Amen. You only need to know those two things. Amen. Because he has healed. We've established that. We've seen that. Right. Sure. Sure. But will he do it for me? People aren't convinced of that. They're not convinced of that. They don't know that. Mark 11. How do you pray? How, what's right? I want to show you something that the Lord said. You just give me a few more minutes and keep receiving real good like you are. And then we're going to, we're going to minister to you. Minister the healing power of God to you tonight. Jesus said in the 24th verse of Mark chapter 11, listen to this real, real good. He said, therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, would that include healing? Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Now, notice what he said here. 
He did not say, he did not say, wait and see if it happens and then you'll know. Right? Didn't say that. What did, what did he say? Lord, what are we supposed to do? Whatever you ask for in prayer, that includes anything. Believe that you have received it. And maybe. Hmm. I should hold this closer. No. And it will be yours. Now, I'm going to quiz you. When do you believe you receive them? When we pray. Isn't that what he said? Oh, pastor, why does this matter? Oh, this matters. This, you want to know where a huge percentage of people miss it and not receiving from God? This is it right here. What, whatever things you desire when you pray, everybody say when you pray. Believe. What are you supposed to believe? That you receive. That word receive, if you look it up in the Greek language, you know, the, the New Testament was originally written in Greek and they've translated it. But it's, it's a lot. A good word is take. Believe that you take them. When are you supposed to do that? When you pray, believe that you take it. Now, a lot of people, when they when they pray, they do believe they believe that God's going to do it sometime. That's not what we're told to believe. You want God's results? You got to do it God's way, right? You got to follow his direction. When you pray, believe what? That you receive them. And then what will happen? And you shall have them. In other words, you shall see it, feel it. When do you see it and feel it? After you believe you got it. This is called faith. This is faith. Jesus started to look at the 22nd verse there. He said, have faith in God. It literally says, have the God kind of faith. Yeah. Yeah. This is how God works. Yes. This is how God works. God says, light be, and lights came on. They haven't gone off ever, right? Amen. He said, world spin, and the world's been spinning for millennia. Well, he didn't sit around and say, well, I'm not going to call. I'm not going to call it light when it looks dark to me. No, he spoke it, believed it. It happened. He's telling us we can do the same thing. Don't get mad at me, everybody. Jesus said it. Go fuss at him. Huh? I mean, people have written books about how how hurtful this message is. We didn't make it up. They write books about, you know, I'm glad I'm not Brother Hagen. I'm glad I just worked for him, you know, because they write books about him. What a liar he is making these things up, saying that you can that you can believe God for whatever you need. He didn't say it. He didn't say it. Besides, you've never seen such a blessed liar, <laughs> if that's what he is. I've been in his house. I've had meals there. I mean. Oh, you've never been in such, you've never seen such a blessed liar. <laughs> Somebody that, that they, as if he's so off, like they say, and, and there's other folk they talk about too. Amen. I just want to be in the middle of what God's doing. You get out in front, they write books about you. You know, some of the people that have written books about him have gotten up to speak and fell dead <laughs> in the pulpit. Lord, the Bible says, don't touch my anointed. <laughs> Amen. And so even if somebody is wrong and people, pe people are people, right? We can all miss it. It's not right to get up and, and write books, you know, pray for them, <laughs> pray for them that they'll see, see the light. Maybe God will show you the light. When do we believe we receive? When we pray. When do we have it? When do we see it and feel it? 
after we believe we receive it. So you don't pray and then say, okay, let me check. Let me check, see how it's beating. No, I don't have it yet. No, and you're not going to have it that way. How many know we got to do it God's way? What did God say? Whatever you desire. Well, that's good. That is terrific. Happy news. Whatever you desire. Anybody got any desires? Some people in here, I'm going to tell you right now, you've got things in you that you haven't seen them come to pass and you've let them slip away. You've got things in your heart that you've wanted to do and you've just settled for less. Okay. I'm telling you, you can, you can pick it right back up. Whatever you desire. Stir those things up, okay? Okay? Didn't plan on saying that. Listen again. I, I realize that please don't think I'm treating folk like babies. You got to hear it and hear it and hear it. I've got to hear it and hear it and hear it for me to live it. Whatever you desire, when you pray, believe. Believe what? that you receive it, that you take it, that it's yours. Figure you'd be happy if you believed it was yours. Hmm? And you shall have it. You gotta believe you've got it before you see it, before you feel it. Can God just zap you? Can God just do it? It's easy for him. He needs our cooperation. Now, listen to me back in the uh, back in John chapter five. What did Jesus say to the man? Will you? Can you see now a little more why he said that? Because listen, will you what? Will you do your part? Do you know if we'll do our part, he will do his part? He's faithful. You've never met anybody that God has let them down when they were believing him. You've met a lot of people that quit the fight and that's no good. Nobody in here is allowed to quit. Nobody's allowed to die young. Nobody's allowed to just decide I'm going to suffer with this my whole life. No, you're not. Jesus said, will you? But everyone's asking, Lord, will you? We settled that, right? He said, I will. Period. He will. So what's the question now? Will you follow his directions? Will you do it his way? I'm telling you, there are so many people, so many Christians. They just they say, well, I believe when God's own good time. When God gets ready, he's going to heal me. That's not what he said to believe. He said, believe you got it. You can't believe you got it if you don't know he wants to do it for you. I'm preaching better than y'all responding, but but uh, thank God for my wife here on the front row. You hearing me? You can't believe if you don't know him. You can't believe he'll do it for you if you don't know it's his will. How do you know? He never turned anybody down. Never. Never. There were people he couldn't help. Why? They wouldn't believe him. But there was never anybody that came and said, Lord, I believe you. Help me. That he said, I'm so sorry. I'd love to. But this just isn't your time. Never. Are you hearing me? Do I need to shout? Never. It's not in the book. It's not in there. There are times where it says there were great multitudes. Let me ask you a question. How many is a multitude? Is it more than we have here tonight? Come on, this is hardly a group. I know there's more people that need to be in a healing service tonight. Do you know that there's people practically on their deathbed that are watching movies that are putting negative stuff into them tonight? Yeah. They ought to be here. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Well, that's why we're doing this. That's right. <laughs> this is not a multitude. How many is a multitude? 
More than a thousand for sure. Would you say thousands is a multitude? Then what's a great multitude? Tens of thousands at least. There were times, everybody, when Jesus had great multi, not a great multitude, great multitudes. Did I say that right? Great multitudes. And it said he laid his hands on them and healed them all. Now, if there was ever going to be any any unlucky ones, if there was ever going to be folk that it wasn't God's will for them because you're special. And God knows that if you do this, you'll serve him better and you'll grow in holiness. Mm, 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 mm. Wrong. That's a lie. If there was ever any lucky one, don't you suppose that in great multitudes, uh, there would have been some? Don't you know in great multitudes, when there's a big crowd, lots of folks just come together, the crowd, they don't even know what they're there for. I've been in concerts before and things like we would do outside stuff. Folk would come. They didn't even know what it was. One music group I traveled with, uh, there was a concert. A guy came down front walking in his underwear. <laughs> he didn't know what he was even. He didn't even know where he was. It was outdoors in California. And in California, you get that. Now, I grew up in South Florida. You also get it there, too. I don't know what the warm weather attracts, the flakes and the nuts. You know what I mean? If ever there was going to, there were some people that came. I'm telling you that, you know, they probably had, so to speak, had a beer in one hand and a cigarette in the other hand. You know what I mean? And when Jesus said, I will, they, they just tossed that down. They went up. Mm -hmm. hmm? They weren't righteous. Was there ever one time where he said, oh, no, 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 no. No, you're not part of the special club. Never. Now, does that help you tonight? Man. So when you have that knowledge, it is the will of God for me to be well. Let's say that. Would you repeat that after me? It is the will of God for me to be well. I'm supposed to be well. Amen. Amen. Say it again. It's the will of God, will of God. For, me. for me. You can mention your name if you want. Joel Siegel. Whatever your name is. Some of you forgot your name. It's the will of God for me to be healed. Well. Healthy. And strong. Living full. Living long. Amen. How do you get it? Jesus said, will you? Will you? Because a whole lot of people won't. They're waiting on the troubling of the waters. They're waiting for somebody to stir the water up. They're waiting to get zapped in their seat. You don't have to wait. Jesus said, will you? Not will you, Lord. No, will you? Will you do your part? I've been preaching a little while. <laughs> Let me give you one, just as, as I prepare to close here, as I commence to get ready to, to close. It's my first closing. Uh, will we do our part? What is our part? We already said, we already saw the, the verse. I mean, when you pray, believe that you receive and you'll have. I believe the Lord gave this to me. Just four things. You can write these four things down. It helps you see what your part is. Number one, hear it. Hear it. Number two, believe it. This is our part. You know what everyone's worrying about? God's part. He does not need your help. He does not. Hear it. Believe it. Receive it. Didn't the verse say that? What, what things whoever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive it. Take it. Number four, act like it. Because if you, if you genuinely, now, if you genuinely believe God heard me, God answered me, I've got it. You're going to act like it. 
You're going to act like it. And it's when you start acting like it that you, you might not even notice when it happened. But you realize that thing you struggled with somehow in that process, it disappeared. Now, let me ask you a question. How long do you believe that you receive it? Until you see it and you feel it. You don't got to believe it once you see it. Hmm? You don't. You don't. It's easy then. It doesn't take any faith to, to believe you got a certain amount of money in your wallet if you have it. Does this make sense to anybody tonight? It's, you know what? It's not hard, is it? It's just a matter of being so um, childlike that you just follow directions. You know, a two-year-old can follow, pick that up and take it over there. But adults are so hard-headed that they can't follow the simplest directions. You know, if when, folks, when folks join this church and we, we, we have a, a membership class and a foundations class that, that gets us all on the same page. And then, then after that, we invite folks to help us in the ministry of helps because it takes help to have a church. And so we let, um, but we, de we, we give very detailed instructions and some want to get offended. Well, why do they, I'll just do it the way I know to do it. No, no, this, uh, we're doing more than just getting you to do it a certain way. We're trying to train you because this is how you need to do with God. Remember Jesus when Mary came to him at the at the wedding and said, we don't have any any wine. We're out. We just got the you know, we don't have any. And Mary looked at these servants. He said, whatever he says to you, do it. You want to know a big key to your miracle? Whatever he says to you, do it. Amen. One last verse. Acts 14. We read Matthew, we read out of Mark, we read out of John. We're not going to read out of Luke, but we are going to read out of Acts and Luke wrote it. So that counts. You need to hear it. You need to believe it. You need to receive it. You need to act like it. Verse. Verse seven. Paul and his companions got kicked out of the place they were preaching and they went to another place. And verse 7 says they continued to preach the good news in Lystra. Lystra was a town. Uh, Orchard Park's a town. Same things that happened in Lystra can happen tonight in Orchard Park. In Lystra, there sat a man crippled in his feet who was lame from birth and had never walked. Now, doesn't that sound like the guy we talked about earlier? who was crippled in his feet and sat at that gate. Well, this is a different story. That guy, the water got stirred. Well, look what happened to this guy in the same condition. Verse nine says he listened. What did he do? He heard. He listened to Paul as he was speaking. Paul looked directly at him, saw that he had faith to be healed. How can you see that? It's recognizable. It is recognizable. When someone has faith to be healed, you can recognize it. They stop frowning. They get glad. What did he, what did this man do? He believed it. He heard it. He believed it. Paul called out, stand up on your feet. At that, the man jumped and began to walk. He received it. He acted like it. Do you know that this is just as much a miracle as the guy in Acts chapter three? But all this guy did was those things I told you over there. He heard it. He believed it. He received it. Paul said, jump up and act like it. He did. Somewhere in that process, the thing that kept him crippled for his whole life disappeared. Amen. Amen. Isn't God good? Yes. I'm telling you, 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 you just look at the word and the whole time, the whole way, you're going to see the same patterns. It, God can do anything, but he needs us to do our part. It's not a matter of Lord, will you? It's a Yes, he will. That's done. That's not an issue. 
What is the issue? Will you? Will I? Will I what? Will we be made whole? Will we do it his way? And his way is when you pray. We're going to minister to you here before we go. I'm telling you, when I put my hands on you, now this is not weird. I'm just going to put my hands on a, um, on a non-private part of your body, okay? Your head or whatever. You understand? And, um, and, and, and I'm just going to believe, we're going to believe at that moment that the power of God is ministered to your body. It will be. I tell you what, I just guarantee you that as far as I'm concerned, I, I, I can tell when the power leaves me, it is a tangible substance, just as tangible as the electricity that flows through these lights. Well, you can't see electricity, can you? But you can feel it. Amen. And it's the same way with the power of God. It's just God's electricity is God's power in the earth realm. Uh, the power of God, the anointing, healing power of God is God's power in the spirit realm that you can't see, but you can experience. We're going to minister to you at that point. What are you going to believe? That I receive. How long are you going to believe that? Until God doesn't have to tell you, it doesn't have to take long. But you just stay. You just believe you receive. And what's the Bible say? And you shall have it. Have it. Have it. Praise God. Stand up with me if you don't, if you would. Believe that you receive it first. The moment hands are laid on you. Amen. Praise God. How many would lift their hand and say, yeah, Pastor, I came here tonight. Well, no, before I say that, allow me to say this, if you would. Um, if you have believed that you received already, it is not necessary that you come up and be prayed for again, unless you feel like you want to for me to just agree with you. But once you once you pray, once you believe you receive, you don't 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 be asking God again. That means you didn't believe you received it. Right. If I asked my dad for some money and, and he said, sure, I'll get it in the mail. I don't call him the next day and ask him for some money. Where is it? Huh? I believe I received when he said it's in the mail. Amen. So it's not necessary. This is optional. OK, but I'm telling you, the anointing is on me tonight to minister. Power is going to flow into you. It's going to drive out sickness and disease. It's going to undo that which the devil has tried to do.